0: Episode 279: The rant. Geo Casas and Carl Jabo, the dynamic duo behind Geo Events and Geo Studios. Right after Thanksgiving and before Christmas, I pulled up to a studio in Westbury, Long Island. Enter Geo Studios. In this pod we discuss Geo growing up in Colombia, Carl growing up in the same town that I did, how they met in the Bar Mitzvah circuit, and their plan to take over the world and now they pivoted during a pandemic. All that and more. My conversation with Geo and Carl. Now, The Rant has been brought to you by Geo Studios, now open. They are located one block south of Westbury Train Station in the heart of Long Island, New York. Looking to bring your art or event to life? Trying to record a podcast? Enjoy six rooms of studio space to create audio and visual content. It also includes an 800-square-foot cyclorama wall studio, a state-of-the-art recording studio, three breakout rooms for four to six people each, which include a green room and lounges, a quality surround sound with six speakers and studio lighting, and most importantly, two on-site restrooms. You know I need my restrooms. Book your space today. For more information, find us at geoevents.com. The rant has been brought to you by the Irrefutable Magazine. Co editor in design Kevin Sparrick and co editor at large Ralph Fernolis decided to combine both of their talents in writing and illustrations to bring to you a new online experience from an official's perspective. They both ref, but it's deeper than officiating. They create art for all time. Do you think your brand would be a good fit for the Irrefutable magazine audience? Want to advertise with us? Visit us at theirrefutable.com slash sponsors for more information. We are The Irrefutable.
1: I got two words,
0: just in case. That's it? We're good? We're good. Yeah. Is the button red? What's this? This means yes? What's this mean? Like, what's the difference between this and this? Rolling. Okay, time to go. Okay. Welcome That's- to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref. I'm with, uh, well, let's, let's talk about where I am. So, we're taping this on a Thursday, November 24th. Um, no, what, what am I saying? It's Wednesday. It's the day. No, it's it it Tuesday, it? Tuesday, bro. Oh, man, I'm just yeah. holidays. <laughs> got you. Baby. Yeah, everything is just messed up. Roll it back. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's let's do that over. So we're taping this on a Tuesday, November 24th. Um, I had a pleasure to go to Mac and Melts. One of my boys, Richard York, he introduced me to uh, one fellow that led me to another fellow. But we'll, we'll get into all that. First, I want to introduce Gio Casas. How are you, my friend? What's up? How are you? And Carl Jabot. Yes. What's up, man? Um, they are owners of the Geo Studios, uh, now a newly minted podcast studio and also just a really unique and dope space to create different things. And uh, we really got to talking. Like I said that. Oh, day. thanks, man. Um, well, first of all, guys, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for coming. Yes. So, you know, I was really excited to to just meet Geo because uh, we were waiting for him for a while. He was probably on the phone with five different people at the same time. And, <laughs> you know, he looked at me in the eye. He liked my energy and I was thinking like maybe I'm talking 60 miles an hour and he was like, oh, no, I like your, I like your ideas, but all more importantly, I'm at him. I, I told him like, let's, let's get 24 hours to figure out where do we know each, where do we know each other?
2: So I did some Facebook stalking, of course. We were
1: talking about you before you came in. Yeah,
2: okay. yeah, all night. I'm like, this, this guy came in. Oh, you this, didn't tell him yet? Not yet. No, no we waited, safe, I were, I had, we're to, I had to. I had to. I'm like, my armpits were sweating. I was so excited to tell this guy on my, my FBI skills. But um, so, ahead. so I went back on Facebook. I typed in Ralph, and then boom, came up Ralph Pino. And from there, just photographic memory, went boom. back to my, my Nokia cell phone. I remember this guy as Ralphie Pino in my phone. Yes wow. And I'm like this guy We exchanged numbers And then Baldwin Park Came to mind and then Boom We, we were playing In Baldwin Park I'm I like, knew it I we knew it was basketball back. And then Devon folks That's my man I was just at the 20 year reunion And then photos came up And then I saw an Old school picture With no hair This guy I'm like wow I know I look Oh,
1: no, you had no hair Not him
2: No he had no
0: hair Oh it was short, yeah really yeah My short, hair's short I just yeah. wanna let everyone You know like I, I like I your just, hair now think cool.
1: so? Yeah, it's, it's different. I don't
0: think my sinus and the coordinators would like it, but <laughs> yeah. I do my own thing. Um, finally, so I, we fig- figured, see, I always out. thought it was like, did I dunk on
2: you? No. No, right? I definitely <laughs> didn't
0: dunk on you. No, that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. no, no. But I do remember you were playing ball, and that completely makes sense. Shout out to Devon, and I've always been trying to get him on the show. He went to Grand Avenue for a while. Yes. I remember in eighth grade, he moved to Baldwin, which right. was very inexplicable because he's from Hempstead went to school in Baldwin, moved to Baldwin, and then really went to Baldwin because we all would have went to Uniondale and we all ended up getting split up. Right, right. So
2: He wound up actually going to Uniondale High School and that was his big uh, switch from Uniondale, played on the basketball team and then jumped on the Baldwin um, JV team. So that's how we got close. And then from there, I remember just connecting after um, with you just through basketball, being in the area, Cosneck Park, the, all the Hoop It Up tournaments. I, I just... I haven't pinpointed exactly where, but it's, it's basketball that just kind of.
0: Okay. So us. it was, it was meant to be. And then just to further cement that, uh, when I saw Richard York, he was telling me, Oh, you got to meet this guy, Carl. And I'm like, why do I need to meet him? And you know how he is. He's very bombastic. <laughs> yeah. He's always like trying to connect people, which, you know, I do appreciate that he has a knack for trying to say like, you're good at this and you're good at this. And maybe you two can meet and then you could figure it out. And I'm just always like, why, why do you do that? But Nonetheless, I I go, okay, I'll I'll meet Carl. And he's like, yeah, he... He did my daughter's bar mitzvah, so I'm thinking like, okay, his daughter's 23 years old. This was like 10 years ago. And I'm like, all right,
1: so he's he's Jewish, right? She's married. 100. He's got to be
0: Jewish. She's like, no, he's mitzvah. black. So I'm like, there's black people doing they're doing bar mitzvah. So I'm just like, all right, I definitely got to meet this We're guy. Definitely
2: honorary Jews. So I'm, on so on I'm friends. texting yeah. you,
0: and then I'm like, Carl, oh, what's your last name? And you're like, Jabot. I'm like, okay, the genes, or are you got to be Haitian? Yeah, 100. percent So when I think of Haitians, and going back to you know growing up, all the black people. At Catholic school, are always Haitian, yeah. always, 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 because <laughs> no. all the Catholic, like Filipinos really? and, and Haitians, are always like super Catholic. So they're like, you go to Catholic school, you're going to be a doctor, lawyer, or make bar mitzvah. And oh, I don't yeah. know, how, I don't know how that happened to you, but um, you know, it's really interesting. I want to get to know, you know, how you guys got to this point. But you know, let's just talk about just a, a couple of things that you know before I met Gio, Carl and I spoke, and, and we were talking at length. And I think in the beginning, you were thinking like, okay. Maybe we can use this guy to, to do some podcasts and, and see where that goes. But then, you know, I brought you to a different vortex. Yes. and
1: Yes. That
0: vortex ended up just, you know, let's circle back to early March, right? So I'll just tell you about what my life was like. I'm doing playoff games in the city. I'm doing college games. My hair's all cut. I got no beard because yeah. that's how we ref. And all of a sudden one day, I remember I was at Lifetime and we we're doing an adult game and they were like, oh, the NBA game got canceled. And we was like, hmm, that's not good. And Ouch. I'm the type of person that always reads what is going on with the coronavirus. And right. it was coming from China. And, you know, I think it's the hubris of people from the United States of saying, like, that ain't going to happen to us. Yeah. No, no, no. We are first world. I was saying that. I was like, ah, I'm maybe. sure. So, you know, let's just talk about Geo Studios, where it was. And I'll start with you, Carl. Where was Geo Studios at that point from early March? And then basically what what has happened since then? Wow,
2: non existent Geo Studios. There was studios. no Geo Studios. Yeah, nothing. Um, fully Geo events. Handling bar and bat mitzvahs, the clientele was through the roof. Phones were ringing like crazy uh, at corporate the time. Corporate events, yeah. yeah have a lot of corporate events. And from there, you know, it just came to a screeching halt. Once I was actually in Disney and I saw the game, you know, where- um, the, thun- uh, the Thunder and Jazz. Thunder and Jazz mm-hmm. got canceled. And I was like, oh, shit. All right, we're in trouble. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're canceling NBA games. So we flew back. I had an event um, Friday and Saturday night. I think it was the 14th and the 15th weekend and uh obviously clients calling us like crazy you think uh oh, maybe 2 weeks 3 weeks and then from there we just went into full shutdown mode and we, we just kind of gave up just producing those uh those events and you know from there we kind of had to pivot you know and and a lot of our clients were telling us about you know doing divider partitions and and we saw a lot of our competitors doing that too so that's when we made that full transition from you know full event production company into handling you know a, a big covid uh production like uh Uh, the divider shield. So that was like a big transition for us and kind of helped us, you know, get ready for that next phase of, you know, that pivot that we needed to do. Right.
0: So, you know, I was even thinking about just for me, referee rant. And I was telling, I was telling Chris earlier before of just saying, or no, I was telling Justin, I was saying that I'm making a website about referees, but my whole livelihood is gone. Right. And I spent all this time making referee rant, getting to this point of, you know, talking to everyone and, you know, I was I was gearing up for my baseball season. I was gearing up for my lacrosse season. Everything was just gone. So I'm thinking like, man, for two weeks, I just remember I felt so sorry for myself. Like, how am I going to make referee rent? man? I made all this sacrifice for it. And what's crazy is that I just, I focused on it more. I realized that there were so many people that have different stories of how the coronavirus has affected. And I want to get to Geo. I mean, it bears your name. That must have been such a jarring experience when you found out like, You know, day in, day out, you're getting these phone calls and you probably got different phone calls of like, what are we going to do? And it's really hard to get direction when you don't know what you're doing. So talk about that, those early moments of March and, and what was your perspective of like when
1: everything shut down? Um, Well, basically the way that I am, I don't think a lot about things and I do worry about it, but you know, just, I just go, like I wasn't even thinking about it. All I remember is just having a meeting with Carl and Amy and Angela and, Justin and everybody in the office, and basically we said listen this has happened they cancel all the events coming up um and I never I, I was never like panicked or like, oh my God, what am I gonna do what's gonna happen I just didn't I never been like that period you know like I've been through so many things that are to me it was more like I felt bad that I had to let the people go in the office and tell them listen you know this there's, there's nothing we can do you know right now there's no work I know we'll you know you know, um, we all, we all, we have all been doing it for so many years and it's just like clockwork and it was getting busier this year. I mean, we've been doing great the last couple of years. I mean, my company's just gets growing and growing and growing. And this year we're supposed to be even bigger yep. because it was going to be Carl's like first big year with us. You know, he's been with us for like two and a half years now, almost three years. God, crazy, crazy right? But um we just started saying, you know, it was just more like, listen, we can't be at the office. The events are canceled. We're going to put everything on hold. And that was it. And then we just kept waiting and waiting. And, you know, and all the clients, even clients and friends are like, ah, oh, it's going to, you know, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. But I, I don't know. I don't think too far ahead. I always just go day by day. I don't I'm not the guy that plans things out like, oh, I'm going to go away in uh, June 22nd. Like I never planned trips like that. <clears throat> So I just took it day by day. There was a period of time in like, I think maybe April or something like that, that I, I it kind of like for two, three days, I came here with my, my bookkeeper and we were going over the numbers and everything. And it was like, oh my God, she's the one that reminds me of the numbers. Sometimes I'm like, ah, pay it, right? Call, <laughs> yeah, yeah. how, how much, pay it? How much is, it's like, go. this is a song that goes, I don't know. What is it? I don't know. I don't ask the price. I just swipe. <laughs> 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 That's me. <laughs> Which is good and bad when you own a business. Yes. But at the end of it, yeah, I do get into that point, but it was more like a day by day thing. And and I was just thinking about we had so many events that like we had 100 and something, 150 bar for us, 120, I don't know, all these events, corporate events and things like that. And I just thought about like, all right, what can I do with this time? Because I was, you know, I had like ADD, so I didn't know what to do. And... And I just didn't, I, I feel like I didn't panic. I just waited. Then we, you know, apply for a loan. And then I, I actually hire somebody to do it. Some people will do it on their own. But I'm like, you know what? I'm not a big, uh, like, guy that wants to sit there and read, like, just, like, you know, directions and all that stuff. I'd rather get somebody that's good at it, pay them, and get it out of the way. So I did that. Eventually, we got the loan. And then once we got that loan, everything, you know, we started the company. Like, oh, what are we going to do? We started designing these walls, dividers, da, 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 da. All the people were doing it. And I figured we could could design a nicer one. We did that. And we just started buying acrylic and buying acrylic, $5,000 a day, $4,000. All the stuff that we weren't doing before, learning about like, you know, measuring the windows, all this stuff that was not related to parties. So I kind of like let the parties go for a while. And then people were calling, but everybody was nervous. You could tell nobody was calling me like I thought they would because people, nobody knew, like we haven't been through this. So all the clients, everybody's kind of much, pretty much quiet. Yeah. Everybody's just like, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah, still you know a what shot, I mean? Like a big so nightmare. everybody's kind of like that. So little by little, we just got more into the dividers and more into the dividers. We started saying, ah, let's go online. Let's sell them here. Let's sell them there. We found out that shipping uh, uh, dividers was, you know, it's, it's not that easy. The way... Amazon, all this stuff. So we just started going with that. I had, a, you know, a small group that came back, especially Carl and some of the guys, and we just started just selling it. The, you know, selling the guys in the back started working. And then there was a point in maybe at like mid, mid-June, like the early, early June that I was like, I was kind of getting sick of the dividers. You were, you were, you were
0: getting divided. <laughs> yes, yeah. Literally.
1: Yeah. Literally. I was just like, it, it was just like such a boring thing. But it was necessary. So sometimes when bad things happen, like you got to just do whatever. So I'm that kind of person. Right. So I'm like, oh, I fi- I'll find something to do. So we started doing it. And, it, you know, it was working out. I started posting it, really pushing it, pushing it. I was going places. And then the one thing that right before that, so I could go back a little bit. We went to the World Trade Center one of our accounts. So they do all these events, 102nd floor, 104th floor. And I went there just to do a photo shoot. And they're like, "Geo, anything you need. So I went there with Justin. And we were going to set up. Remember that, Justin? We were going to set up the walls and everything. And I'm thinking, oh man, I'm not great at building. Justin's worse. I'm like, this is not <laughs> going to be good. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And then we started, and then some, and then they, they just asked me to measure this bar. And then I had a whole group of people walking around. They're like, oh, Gio, what is that? And I'm like, ah, just a divider that we, you know, we want to start selling. And it happened that day. The whole building got together with security and management because they needed dividers all over the building to open up, reopen in like June something or July. And they just, Geo get in the meeting. And I just walked around, started measuring, da, 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 da. And yeah, they gave us a huge job, which by the way, we probably lost $20,000 on because I, I have, I was just measuring like, oh, 16. Yeah, this is good. Picture here. Trying picture to look like there. Tim the two Man. Tim. Yeah. Okay. And then we're going through the whole thing. And then it took me, and then we were building it. And we could just, I was like, what is this? We went back and forth, but whatever. That was like the start of it. And to me, everything, you got to make everything look like a million bucks if you want to get a million bucks. Like I want to, just like if we had like a little divider or we have the studio, like I'm in that mentality that you got to sell it all the time. You got to sell it, sell it, make it look awesome. And we did. And people were calling us from everywhere, like, you know, school, the school of, school uh, of visual arts, visual arts, all these people started salons, calling and we like, oh my God, offices. this is really, salons were crazy. I didn't know salons make that much money. <laughs> That's why your hair is precious. (laughs) But salons were like, just like dropping money, like Mm -hmm. cash, come, we need the virus cash. And they they wanted to open first. Mm. And then because of that, I did a little more homework and I found out that even in the 1920s when the other pandemic happened, one of the only businesses that didn't suffer and actually went higher was the beauty business because everybody has to get their hair done. Everybody wants to look good. Women, men, everything. So that's one business that never goes out. Even, and I found out because of this pandemic. Mm. So whatever. It went to like June. And then in June, I started just kind of like, I got sick of it. And I was like, listen, we got to try to do something. Let's shut down this. Let's shut down the, the the, the no more spending time on designing dividers, whatever. Let's just, I don't know. Let's do a, I, somebody called me for a pool. Oh, Geo, can you cover this pool? And I didn't really do it all the time. So I'm like, ah, I haven't really done it that much. And I'm like, ah, oh, let me see how it's done. I asked one friend and another friend. And... And and some people that, that didn't want me to do it, they didn't want me to rent, me, rent the pieces for me to me or my company. So I was like, I mean, we made it happen anyway. And after that, it just kind of like took off. We started doing all these parties. So then I started just posting, you know, pools, parties, so people see, people see, people do. So we just started doing it. I got all this, you know, I started buying trussing and more stuff that I needed. And then we started doing some events at people's at clients' homes just to... Just to show, I would bring Justin. We shoot all these events, like we're doing all this stuff, and then yeah, before you know it, people started calling. And you know, we start calling. We started doing events here and there, and then yeah, some clients would uh, postpone it. Some clients get pushing the party off. Some are still doing that. Some of them canceled. Most of them are still there. They just move it up to to the following year. So I just never, I never, I was never scared or never. I was more like. it it, it gave me something to get up and try to fight it. Like, Mm -hmm. it's like, if I'm down like, you know, 27 points on the second quarter and I'm like, Oh my God, it's only the second quarter. We're already down 30. That's how I feel. I'm the guy that's going to go in there and I'm going to try to like, you know, slap you really hard. Or like, (laughs) if you go for a layup, I'm going to like hit you hard. And even, you know, that that's how I am.
0: Yeah. I'm the ref to to call that. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I forgot about that. (laughs) This is the ref thing. So I'm the guy that just doesn't want to give up. And Uh it just drives me to do more stuff. So that's basically what it is. And now, then we're like, all right, you know what? We're going to start a studio. I don't even know how we...
2: It was it was more of us preparing for the winter season. You know, we were doing a lot of outdoor stuff. And I yeah. was just looking at the office. And people would come in the office and be like, man, we should have the party here. You know, so then Justin yeah. was also talking about um doing podcasts. So simultaneously, we were like, all right, let's just... Turn this whole place into an event space, studio, content house. Um, we have Chris, who who's a master at uh, just creating renders. awesome renders, awesome renders, and uh, you know he's famous on TikTok. So we wanted to kind of help you know businesses and, and even ourselves kind of build that foundation of just the digital age and get ready for it. And podcast was one of them. So yeah, um, right, yeah. Transition the whole office like almost like try to get in more
1: thing. into marketing and right. selling. You know, we own an Amazon store that we barely even use. We don't even use it. So we're like, all right, let's start selling something. Let's just start marketing a product. This bottle of water, Justin, let's make a dope video with this bottle of water. Um, you know, Chris, make a render. Where could we go? Let's start doing real estate. Let's start doing this. And then, you know, he's like, let's start like renting the space to do small, little, tiny events. Um, then let's do a podcast. And I was like, right, maybe he called it a over caffeinated podcast. So he started doing it. The first podcast was actually Chris, Justin, and my son, Gio, Jedi. I call him Gio. His name is Jedi. Like, real so he has the power <laughs> so the, and I kind of like started looking at it he's like I ah, buy more foam for the walls we started buying foam started falling off the walls when in
0: doubt just get the credit he's card he's like get yeah,
1: yeah. Get, get, uh, get, uh, get, microphones I'm like get the best mics I don't know he goes the Joe Rogan mics
0: they didn't tell you about the, the, the this is what Steve Bannon uses for Breitbart
1: well I don't listen to <laughs> Steve Bannon so I don't know what kind of people Rush you Limbaugh listen it uses to same kind of deal <laughs> so i was like ah joe rogan let's get the joe rogan mics i like That's joe rogan list. yeah so then i was like you know I, we got the mics and i started kind of getting the feel of it i was like yeah buy more foam buy this let's make this table we made this table from a, din- from a dinner table we cut it with my cousin and then we made those little holes so that we could fit it around it we tried in that room we tried in different rooms this was an office that was an office then we broke this wall through. My friend Alex did that. And we were going to break down the whole wall. he goes, no, make a little window and we can make it a studio. Right. So that's what we did. And it's just been evolving. And it's just changing. And then like, I don't like the look. So then I'm like, all right, let's make everything look better. So we started, we started polishing the floors. Everything was white. Make it look whiter. Everything, like before, everything was like this. Before we put all this stuff, but it just sounded, the sound wasn't great. So we just started doing that. And then we started doing some podcasts, but. You know, it it just evolved, and now we could we're doing, you know, like last night with this we did this mixer, and we did um, like an you know we did an an art uh, I can even talk. Art exhibit my accent, an art gallery, and then we were playing basketball, drinking wine, you know, checking out the other studio, and just last night was a big open. Like yesterday was a big day because I met you, yes, and we saw how a podcast, and I even we saw it this morning and listened to it. How is a podcast is supposed to be and we were no near where this like it's like i was playing basketball out of a whiffle ball court <laughs> and i'm like oh shit this is not the right court <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. right so like you know in one day you could just learn so much and even last night i learned that i could do the podcast and it doesn't have to be 45 minutes no and it doesn't have to be i, I we could we did like a round like a like a podcast just like i was on on the mic and people just keep coming around because they wanted to ask me questions and I kinda it was kind of cool because I, I kept interviewing people and I learned about this girl that goes to school with Billow. Mm-hmm. Um, um, she goes to college and she's a DJ and I learned her story. And then I and this other guy, um uh Gary, and then he just opened up an, a company with Amazon and it was just amazing and just like the flow of people coming in and out. And it was just like, maybe we could do a podcast like that. It was just like little bits and pieces. And we could just throw like three minute podcasts on Instagram or something like that. I don't know. But you, you're the expert, so.
0: Well, I just like that you're just a chuck full of ideas because it reminds me of me. But, you know, just from your leadership aspect, being the head honcho here during the coronavirus, that's so important that you never wavered, you never worried about what it is. Because I always tell people when we talk about the coronavirus holistically around the world, Right, it, it, it it's like when we're all getting older, like oh man, I'm so old. Like yeah, you're you're old with me, right? Yeah, like you're you're we also are. getting old. We so like,
1: are, we are.
0: When it comes to the coronavirus, whether you've lost your job, have no money, or getting evicted, or getting sick, or like, everyone is in the situation and everyone is affected in some way, Everybody, right? So yeah. regardless if you are a wealthy person and your your business got cut, whether you're a poor person and you're even more poor, at the end of the day it is the greatest equalizer that has ever happened in our lifetime. Yep.
1: In our lifetime, a hundred percent. What's
0: really cool is that you guys pivoted. And for me, just from my vantage point, I feel like I've been in the wilderness all this time, just, you know, using an iPad, putting a condenser mic, talking to just my friends, getting to the point where now I invested in a nice microphone. Then I invested in a roadcaster. That is a nice mic. So now I'm, I'm thinking like, you know, maybe one day I'll get discovered by somebody. Maybe I'll meet somebody that can further what I'm trying to do. And then, Here I go in a a black and white studio with people that need help for the podcast. So for me, it's like, I'm not sure if it was more beneficial for me to meet you guys versus you guys to meet me. And I'm I'm so happy that it's it's a mutual thing. I think I I smell a lot of money in here. That's that's all I'm going (laughs) to say. But, you know, I want to get back to you guys, Um, you know, just with the coronavirus in its totality. I'll go back
2: to you, Carl. What do you think you learned about yourself with this? Never give up, honestly, and, and and I think passion is what's going to get you to, to the success that you want, you know. Um, yeah. Obviously, we could all be good at things. We could all, you know, have a, a need to want or need to, you know, succeed, but I think your passion is really what you need to hone in on and, and fall in love with, like the process, because um, without the process, you're not going to get to that end goal. And and I think using this time, um, you know, it's not a financial gain that we're trying to you know do here with the podcasting and, and it's I think connecting it's getting back to networking it's it's being more confident within your own abilities and, and for me that's what I like am doing and, and found that I needed to do more of so uh and obviously being with my family that's my main thing with this pandemic was just learning that you know family first um obviously just loving yourself and and, and growing you know yourself as a person you know I think that's that's my main thing and that's what I've been uh happy to learn
1: how about Gio? What do you think you learned about yourself during the pandemic? Um, I learned that no matter how much you've done or how, how hard you worked at different things, like everything could be gone in one day. You know, like the reason why I didn't panic and I didn't get scared is because I guess I, you know, I feel like, yeah, I'm a hard worker, but I also, you know, you got to have lucky breaks and you got to just show up every day. And what we built together and like with all the people in my company over the years paid off i feel like it's like you know like we we just paying taxes and and like workers comp for all the guys and insurance is like crazy amounts of money for and i didn't even start this i was at my basically like you know i was at my friend's in my friend's couch like 10 years ago maybe a little more than that and then from that to like alright you right we're gonna buy a truck and then you have to pay insurance for the truck but then now guys start working in the back. You need workers comp, taxes, you know, insurance, all these things. But then by doing the right thing, I feel like for sometimes like life is fair. Like I feel like I did I did all those things. I always paid all my taxes, like whatever. And because of that, we got a loan. We got we got you know we got a, a, a good loan, and we were able to get everybody back up. And the loan kind of like it's taking us stretching us out to this yep. sustainers which you know like if i was in more like a cash business or something like that there's like nothing like that and unless yeah. you have like you know you have money or you have people that are going to lend you money it's it's going to be hard so yeah at the end of the day if it wasn't for you know getting a loan and and, and doing things right the past few years and me having some savings then maybe i would have been like going crazy like oh my god geo defense is going down the drains but At the end of the day, I always said this, like, if everything burned down in this building, I always say it to my insurance guys, like, oh, what if everything burns down? That's that's how he tries to, like, up the thing. (laughs) So I said, you know what? If everything burns down, the next day, I have my reputation. And that's one thing that I know that, like, I have clients for years and years, like clients that I met yesterday or 20 years ago. And then it's just like, I would start a company like that right away. It'll cost me a little more. I would just have to rent equipment, you know hire some people to do it, but I could, like all the equipment can go and all that stuff and I could start a company again the same way because I already did it without even any money or any loans. Like I don't even own a credit card. I haven't had a credit card since like 2009 or 2008. That was the last time I had a credit card. I don't even have one. I don't have Amex fees and nothing. So my whole business, I built it on the money that I had. No loans, nobody lent me money. It was just like a little bit at a time. So I already know how to do it. I'm good at like I'm not good at numbers, but I'm good at um, just seeing things really quick and just trying to spread things out. Like it's like when you play that, what is it like guacamole? Like I, I'm really good at life guacamole. I'm like, <laughs> put it on fire, put it on fire, put it on fire. Oh, little drink. <laughs> so you know, so that's that. I just feel like, I, and I learned to get closer with people. Like I got closer with with Carl, with Justin, you know, with Chris, you know. With my son is the biggest difference is how closer I got with my son because he's gotten a little older, you know, like I just saw your son. He's so cute. He's running around and I know, listen, I know, you know, I had a son all my, all my life and he, I know how boys are, but it was a period of time when I felt I was like losing him. He's always into games. He's just like, and that was driving me crazy. And then finally he started to open up. I put him in a sports camp and now we are like boys. We hang out. We go eat. We go get hibachi, We go get pass You know, we go get spaghetti. We play basketball. Like I still like play rough with him. Sometimes we, fo- you know, I got him hurt in the back in the in the back parking lot. I had, I got another basketball. You got
2: to ref his games, man. I'm telling you, come come through and help his son. Out, I might please. just please. ref these please. games and just call technical fouls and <laughs> so just regulates. He, just
1: want, he wants to shoot threes all the time. But our relationship has gotten amazing. And to me, like he's the most like last night. Somebody asked me. Um, Geo's cousin, you know, what's my goal? Like, I want to, like, make sure that him and, and, and you guys and MJ Breezy, like, you guys just, like, kind of learn as much as you can from me, and I try to help you guys out, and you guys help me out in return. And five, ten years later, like, I know I'm going to know all of you guys for years. Like, I know people that are around me now, and, like, I know I'm going to know them all my life. So it's going to, you know, like, you know, I'm going to see your son grow up, and, you know, when he starts playing basketball and things no. like that. So it's just, to me, I learned to be a little more human before I was more like a machine yeah. because I grew up like that. I had very little emotions because of the grade that I grew up, you know, how, how I grew up in Colombia. what happened to me when I was younger, I just became this like tunnel, like tunnel vision person that just want to do something. And I do it. And I was very detached emotionally from a lot of things I'm loving and I help, but I'm not like the guy that does like, you know, plants all these crazy things like, Oh my God here, Amy, I got you cookies. And like, I'm not that guy. I'll, million things for amy but i'm not that but this this whole pandemic changed me it made me enjoy more my family and my mom just you know friends like laying down on the couch just me just like you know like eating like adamami off my chest when i drop it (laughs) and i love sports i like love basketball like he knows like i love i love numbers i love history of sports and i could sit on tv and watch sports all day like you know Mm -hmm. so that's what i learned basically like it made me more human. It made me realize that money's not everything. Not that I was into money. You know, no. I'm not into money. But, and, and a lot of my clients help me too, because they're always like, oh, you're so creative. You so this. And it, to me, it's a whole team. They, don't, they know it's, it's a team. But I learned that it's not, it's not everything. You know, like, I, no matter what happens, as long as nobody's sick, and we have somebody here in the office, like Angela's mom passed away from COVID. Uh, alex's grandmother passed away from COVID. you know right now my girlfriend uh, my girlfriend's aunt is sick in, in brazil from COVID. so it's a real thing some people like brush it away like nothing and at times i do that but yeah this has made me more like human and made me like more like it's like i got pushed down down to earth like all right geo you're not this unstoppable geo you know like it's just real anything can happen you could be gone in one day yeah.
0: And we remain to let everyone implore everyone to stay safe, especially during the Thanksgiving uh, season and the holiday season coming up. Make sure that you you know, stay socially distanced, wash your hands and uh, make sure mm-hmm. you think about all those other people that, um, you know, might have lost their lives or are sick right now. But yeah. I want to get back to you, Gio. Um, you did mention that you did grow up in Colombia And you did have tunnel vision I wanted to see what your relationship was Of just like I guess your creation And also sports if you played So just having said that Just talk about where you grew up in Colombia What did you play growing up What you play in middle school, high school and in college And how did you end up becoming in the event space
1: um, Well Colombia was always obviously Number one, number two or number three And whatever number Hey Mason what's up Mace <laughs>
0: Oh. He's he's listen. He's the, the <laughs> ultimate interjector when it comes it's to the okay. podcast.
2: Future podcaster.
0: See. Like I always do. Okay. Close the door, Mason. Please. <laughs> How many? Let me ask yeah, you something, I Mason. How many? Interrupt- come on the mic, Mason. Come on the mic. Yeah. How many times have you interrupted the podcast? Go ahead, tell everyone.
2: I mean, all of them. Honestly. Right.
0: Okay. He loves it. Go, to, go back to school. <laughs> go back to school. Close the door. All right. I'll get you a game if you uh, close the door. and- yeah, see, good PS Five. That was good. That
2: was. Yeah. Good. got a whole new PS Five. <laughs> right oh, I, really?
0: Yeah. When I told him about the uh, mic mobile, he was like, "Oh, I know what you need." You need an oval shaped desk, you need four <laughs> boom arms, an L-shaped couch, uh, 27 inch screen, and pre order PS5. I
1: was like, who taught you all this? So rad. Uh, who taught you no, all he's, this? He's quick. I I I'm a I, re- I read people with kids. i like, I, I worked we worked with kids all the live, so like I'm I'm good with kids, so he's quick. You he's, see the vision. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, you see the vision. vision. He's like,
0: he's like, Uncle Gio, make sure you put that all in your credit
1: card when you're when you're fitting the the mic. No, He noticed everybody just comes against the credit <laughs> card. <and> he's <laughs> like, Oh, so uh where could I get this game? you got to come up
2: quick (laughs) with a contract
1: for you. So back to to Saka Saka Saka. Saka. So I I grew up in Colombia. I grew up basically like, you know, in Bogota with just, I would play. All I remember is that I would play from the moment I I got up to like my family would have to drag me off the field to play. I wouldn't go eat all day. I was all this skinny, fast little kid always. I was always super fast and skinny. And I would just play soccer every single day, like in front of my house. I would play in school. I got I got in trouble in school many times for organizing tournaments in the middle of class when the teachers were switching, you know, when teachers were switching back and forth. And I just grew up, I guess, you know, you know, when you grow up in environments like that, you grow up very defensive and very, like, aware of everything, you know, like I used to... You know, they used to send me to go buy stuff and buy, buy things at the store. Oh, go buy, you know, meat, go buy rice, da, da, da. da. And I used to just stay there and, like, play soccer yeah. and waste some of my money trying to, like, not gamble, but, like, do different things. And and it just made me just so competitive. I used to just watch all the kids that were bigger and faster than me. But I, I know that I – and then at one point, I, I, I felt like I was pretty good, you know, like, just playing soccer. I never really pl- – uh, the only time when I played – Really, uh, and in the league, was here once I got to, to Queens, New York. In Columbia, I never... It was always in the street. It was always at the parks. You know, my parents weren't really around to really put me in that. Like, my dad passed away when I was eight years old. My mom was work, working. So, I never had parents to, like, really put me in sports right. to Programs. do certain things. But, you know, but I, I was cool. I, all I remember is just, like, if I saw green, I was playing. And I would play by myself, trying to, like... You know, just learn how to curve the ball here and there, how to do this, how to do that, and I would just play nonstop. Like I couldn't not, I couldn't do anything else besides play soccer. So that's how I started being so competitive.
0: You're just a consummate uh, problem solver. It seems as though, like when you just are in a room by
1: yourself, you, you'll figure it out somehow, yeah, one way or another. How did you get to the event space? Uh, the event space, we, I, I guess, when I was like seventeen, something like the eighteen um bah, 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 bah. i used to hang out a lot with this kid uh dj slinky which was one of my best friends he moved out to san diego now um then we met uh dj scribble and like i was telling you yesterday like ybt and all these people so we used to go to different places i mean i remember just going to shows like they would be like oh geo we're going like i remember specific one day when the second or third day when we met scribble and ybt they were doing a show at um uh, I forgot the theater in the city that it was It was on the west side. It was the um, Hammerstein. Hammerstein Ballroom, something like that. So we're going, Scribble forgot his records on Hanson Turnpike. And we got to the place and they were going to open up for Public Enemy, um, run the MC, and then they had like, um, Biggie was just coming up and Jay-Z and people yeah. like that. And they would just come in and grab the mic and all this stuff, Wu-Tang and all these people. And I was always around people like that. So I'm never like, oh my God, I can't sign so me. Mean, like I never asked one, the only, I never asked anybody for an autograph or whatever, or picture show, take a picture with me. Like I'm not, but I remember doing that and I remember they forgot the record. So I had a drive back. I had an Impala. So me and Slinky drove back to, to, to Hempstead, got the records, then picked that scribble again. And I was speeding so fast and I'm like, I told you I was going to make it. And I stopped on like West 27th street. Yeah. And the cops were just waiting like this in the corner. <laughs> of course. And they were like, step out of the car. And then whatever. It's just I used to just hang out with those kids. And then one day I was at a Palladium, then um, Limelight, and I used to pass out flyers. I went in, I was dancing. I was always dancing around on the stage with when, when they were doing their thing. And I just liked dancing because I liked anything that I could do on my own and by myself. So by by dancing, dancing was like a a thing that I could do on my own, and I didn't need anybody because I didn't really speak English that great. I was a little shy, you know, so, like, I took on dancing because it was just like me, like, you know, at the house on Sundays listening to, what is it, Casey Kasem, some guy. He used to do, like, the top Casey 100. Casey Kasem, yo,
2: 100
1: yeah. yo. I used to imitate, like, the uh, Backstreet Boys. Not the Backstreet Boys. Yes, the uh, What?
2: No, New Kids on the Block.
1: New Kids on the <laughs> Block, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bobby Brown, <laughs> and whatever. Long story short, I was at a club. And some guy's like, oh, you should work for us. I'm like, what do you do? Uh, we, we do parties. I'm like, ah, I don't know. I didn't give me the card and I didn't call. Following week, the guy goes, you should call. And, you know, you, you, could, you could be really good at this. Give us a call. I'm like, where is it? I'm like, it's in Long Island. I'm like, oh, I've never been to Long Island, really. I'm like, uh, where? Hicksville. I'm like, Hicksville? That sounds far. Hicks. In H- yeah. In Hickey. <laughs> I was like, Hicksville? I was like, ugh. Anyway, go there Tuesday. Have a try out. I think you'll like it. And, you, you know, at the time I was parking cars in the city with T.O. T.O. actually works with us now. He's one of my, uh, like our main um, our production guys. And he got me a, a job parking car. Since I was like 15, I used to park cars in the city, which it was illegal. But he would send me. I was the guy at the bottom that ran and picked up the cars and drove them up to the second level. And then the guys. Right. So I, I was always driving. I drove since I was like a re- really young. And I was that was my only job. I was doing that. And I was just doing bad things. I was getting arrested many times. I got arrested when I was 10 in Colombia. I got arrested when I, was, when I was 12, when I first got to this country. So, but I was on the verge. Of, I could be really, really bad, but I always had something to tell me. Like, all right. It's just, you know, like I always knew right from wrong at the end of the day. So like, and what saved me is that I was such a loner. And the way that I grew up in Colombia, I wasn't like a follower. I was the guy that was going to make people follow. So that's what kept me away from a lot of bad things, and I started doing this. I went to the rehearsal. I made it, did a few parties in the city for the first day. The first day in in, in Manhattan, and that was it. And then after that, I never had any other job. Mm-hmm. That was like over twenty years ago.
0: So interesting to meet up with Carl because we definitely played basketball. Either it was I don't really spend a lot of time in Baldwin Park. Or we definitely played a lot. I think in Merrick Park. Merrick Maybe it was Merrick twice, Park once or twice because I played there a lot when I was in my twenties. Uh, but anyway. Uh, obviously, you grew up in Baldwin. Just talk about what you played growing up. Um, what you play in middle school, high school, and then college.
2: I was a track guy for for most of my middle school. I always loved basketball, but basketball didn't love me. But um, <laughs> for a while, I tried. You know, and in Baldwin, everybody played basketball. You had all the pros. You had all the big, big uh, guys that were getting picked up. You know, on a collegiate level. Um, but for the most part, for me, it was track. And then ninth grade, I didn't make the team. Tenth grade. Finally got put on. Um, Coach Friedfelder used to call me the Haitian sensation. I love him. I uh, still talk mm-hmm. to him. But um, uh, I think at that point, for me, basketball took over 10th grade and 11th grade. But I was still so much better at track. You know, I was Nassau County champ. I uh, went to States, uh, you know, finished fourth in New York State in the pentathlon. So if my dad was listening to this, he'd probably laugh right now because he, he told me basketball I'm like, uh, wasn't my calling. You're not going to be the next Michael Jordan. Stick to track, you know you didn't like when he was saying that no you do the opposite of what yeah, your parents all say heart is yeah. all day, especially all day. Haitian and Filipino yeah, parents like, he didn't know better
0: Dr. Lawyer why are you doing this yeah, this you're going day. to be
2: unsuccessful stop following your friends exactly all day all day so I love I love basketball it was my first passion um, you know thankfully I was able to make the team but uh, you know like I said I should have I stuck with track but for mm. me um, you know you, you follow your heart passion, passion was all all day basketball how'd you get into all this event stuff so, I uh 2001, um I decided to um join the, the Air Force. Uh reason being I wanted to help pay for college and get back into um St. John's. That's where I was running track, you know, I was a, I was redshirt there and then, you know, I needed to help pay for school. Um so they had a GI bill and that's what, you know, prompted me to do with uh, the, the military. So, um, right before I left boot camp, I attended a wedding. Um entertainment tonight was uh was a DJ. It was my first time seeing a DJ, first time being at a private event. Um, so I'm in the middle and being a class clown dancing and he was like oh you know what company you work for I'm like well, what are you talking about he's like you work for DJ company like you're, you're amazing what do you do I'm like oh, I have no idea who said that about. to you guy. He's oh, like, guy he was the VP or one of the MCs at the time so it's about 20 years ago um, and then from there he was like you need to come to this audition same just like you I went down. I saw all these beautiful girls dancing. I saw these break dances flipping. I'm like, "What is this?" He's like, "You got to come to bar mitzvah." What's a bar mitzvah? He's like, "Oh, it's when a Jewish kid comes uh, becomes a man." I'm like, "Ah, oh, a man? What age? 13? 13? Ah, okay." So I'm from Queens. You know, I'd never been to bar mitzvah. Then from Baldwin, you had very maybe two, three people. Not yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. South
0: America maybe. There's yeah. not a lot of
2: Jewish folk. Where we're from? from, if yeah. it happened, I, I, I trust me, I had no idea what was going on. So. I uh, went to this bar mitzvah, was at the Carlisle on the Green. They had about 10 dancers. You know, this guy, Johnny Jukebox, was on skates sliding across the floor. And I was like, what is this? He's like, you could do this on the weekends. <laughs> I'm like, really? How much you make? Really? On the weekends? Four hours? Done. You know, I was sold. And that was 20 years ago. So, you know, you build your rep. You fall in love with the industry. You kind of get sucked in. They're booking you two, three years, four, four years in advance. And, and that's what got me uh, to this point now. So it's it's been a blessing.
0: Yeah, there's awesome. this old, old proverb, and I learned it when I was in 10th grade, and I, I learned it from my, uh, shout out to Mr. Buckley, who was my, my European teacher. He's one of the wisest men that I've ever had as a teacher. Um, he always said, the the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Ooh. And I remember when you were telling me about your partner, I'm looking at all the, all the awnings, I'm like, Geo Studios, your name is Carl, Yeah. <laughs> and then this is as Geo Studios, and you're like, yeah, we were... We were competitors and we would always run in the same place. And he took a lot of clients from me and I took a lot of clients from him. And I was just like, that's probably the most perfect person to work with. So just talk about how you guys started working with you. I'll start with Gio. How did you start working with Carl? Um,
1: Well, I first uh, met Carl with, um, you know, my friend Nori. He introduced us, right? Yep. Um, and you didn't like him? No, we, we we actually hung out by the beach. We went to some friend's house and we played basketball. And, you know, I was a little competitive that day. So I actually... <laughs>
2: Bloody nose. I, I remember this day. Like I was, it was playing... The,
1: I, I played... I play Where was Ralph the Ref <laughs> when, when all this was all <laughs> <Yeah>. literally? <laughs> so I remember even that day I, I I heard... I made somebody... I got... I, I always get hurt, but I always hurt somebody else at the same time. So I met him and I always heard about him, about all that um, I heard so many great things about Carl and I mean, I, you know, from clients, from dancers, from people in the industry, they're like, Oh, that guy's amazing. And I used to, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm going to be better than this dude. And, and I was already doing it for years, but then it's just, it's just, like I said, it just drove me. I'm like, and I never had any, any, any bad feelings or competitive feelings. It was more, it was competitive. Yes. I would sit in meetings and be like, Whoa, well, Carl's doing this. Like, I remember that when it started getting, you know, he, you know, he was working with ET, I'm working with, you know, with Geo Events and we're just doing our thing. And then people would always say, just bring him up all the time. Well, you know, well, Geo, you know, you're basically, I'm comparing you to Carl and this one and that one, but I would always get kind of compared to like him because he was kind of like the standard or whatever. And I was doing, you know, my company was doing great, but, you know, in, in different ways. And And then eventually we just, we just, uh, I don't know, like we never spoke about anything. I, my friends and my clients used to say, you know what? If you guys ever got together, it'll be a great team. All day, same. You guys would be a great team. Yeah. And I just, you know, I, I just thought of it, but it wasn't like, oh my God, I got to make this happen. It no. wasn't
0: your priority because you were doing your thing. And yeah, I yeah we
1: were doing fine. You know, like we were growing, you know, like, you know, my company was you know, at least apart with the company he was working with. And I felt like any moment we were going to start like doing even more. And I just wanted more. Like if I saw somebody doing four things, I would try to do five and try to outdo them by Monday. And then by Friday, they would come up with something, for example. And then, so that's the way I looked at it, looked at him. And not just him, all, all the people, because it there was there's different companies, So it wasn't just him. And eventually we just, you know, my friends and, 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 and and people just kept saying it. And when you think of something, I'm like, you know what? I started thinking and I thought about it. And then one day we just spoke about, you know, something, you know, something happened with his company, like things weren't going right. Something, believe me or not, in, indirectly that came to my company. Like, you know, just like uh, something that happened in my company eventually left. And then once that happened, it opened, up, it opened up room for him. And something like that happened over there. And it was just like a void. It's just like, ah, oh, yeah. Barkley retired, you know. We have we need a forward. There's a forward right. It was kind of like timing. Like sports kind of thing. It was mm-hmm. timing. Yeah. And it just happened. We talked and it was hard. Little by little we we did the right thing. He did the right thing by, you know, fulfilling all his commitments to to with his company, his clients. I did the right thing by trying to do everything the right way because I didn't wanna have somebody just say, Oh, well, you did this because of that. And we did everything the right way and it paid off. And and then we ended up together and now it was just like we compliment each other. I'm very like high strong, go, go, go always doing it. I could, t- this, I could tell. That. I don't know why I could tell. <laughs> and Carl's very like, well, you know, we're, we're <laughs> mad, <right?" laughs> Yeah, baby. You know, we we people this. used to talk about us and uh, you know, uh, <laughs> you're just like, you say it so much slower and so much smoother. You know what, Carl, you do all the talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So in a nutshell, that's what it is. Like if you walk work into an event and he's emceeing it, have you ever been to a bar mitzvah?
0: I have been a bar and I was telling him before, like you've I been bar mitzvah? I have I, not been bar I'm oh, I'm definitely say, still Catholic. My wife is okay. Muslim, but I'll say that um you know, I, I'm a friend of the Jewish faith. I've Good. I've seen the sweatpants, I've I've seen the hoodies, <laughs> I've seen the as they call it tchotchkes. Slag, <laughs> yes. Amazing. I, it's always like sometimes I'll see a flag football game and I'll see, it'll say like okay. Andrew Liebowitz is uh <laughs> <laughs> rite of passage and it's like the 1995 i was like bro you still have it from 95 yeah. the presence of mind yeah. of 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 this tribe the marketing it's unbelievable it is. and it, it's like so nice and i remember it's one beautiful. of my one of my, my jewish friends from back in the day he had like all of his bar mitzvah stuff so he had like this one picture of him and he has braces and it's like bombastic like different colors and it's all signed by his friends i was like <laughs> Damn, I wish I had a sweet 16 like this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But let's go back to you, Carl. Um just talk about, you know, enemy of my enemy is my friend. Just the way you were speaking to him, it was like everything that Gio was doing and you probably had that competitive spirit yourself that of you course, wanted to be the course. best. You know, what was it like just, you know, finally getting there and and what would you describe Gio's best strengths? Things that complement you.
2: So, uh I mean, meeting Gio was was definitely like a whirlwind, you know, that first day. And and I remember like it was yesterday because it was just hysterical, you know. And, and he lived up to his name. He lived up to the, the energy that that everyone said. This guy has a lot of energy, talks really fast, passionate. And, and for me, the passion, obviously, like I said it before, I'm all about that. But, uh, you know, I love his energy. I love that he, he's a yes guy. I love that he's, you know, he puts his hands in everything. You know, he's not just going to talk about it, you know. And for me, that's how I've been. You right. Know? Um, you know, I love that he was an owner and performer and kind of understood all different aspects of the business, um, which was important to me. It wasn't just someone that was just, um, you know, out there being a businessman, obviously everyone can run their own business the way they want to, but, um, you know, I love that he kind of walked the walk and talked the talk and, and it was important for that, you know, um, especially running any type of business. So, um, that was the one thing that was the easiest decision for me, you know, um, once I had to make that uh, separation from my other company, you know, I knew I was going to fulfill all those obligations, but still having someone that kind of understood, you know, what I went through and, and obviously didn't want to repeat that same pattern. So, um, you know, teaming up with him was easy. Um, the success of his company that he did on his own was great. I knew me coming in with with my clients and my following and us coming together, kind of understanding, you know, how we can service the clients the right way, the way, you know, they should be treated. It was It was a no brainer. So. Um, You know, we always talk about it being exactly what what Kevin Durant did. It wasn't like I was leaving, um, you know, a, a losing team. To, to come on a championship. Yeah, it was unit. just
0: complimenting something that was already a right, 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 turnkey right. situation.
2: Yeah, so, you know, we both wanted that peace of mind. We both wanted to kind of, you know, work together. I'm, I'm a team guy, you know, and, and kind of going back to track and basketball. Like, I love track because, you know, I'm responsible for my own victory. You know, at the end of the day, if I'm doing 110-meter hurdles or a 100-meter race, you know, yeah, I'm on a big team, but it's me against my opponents. Right. Basketball. I love basketball because I can be with a team. Mm. We could all be successful. We mm-hmm. can all work together mm. and and beating the competition out. You know, so um, for me, I, I love that aspect of it. I, of course, everybody wants to be their own owner. Of course, I wanted to go out and do my own thing. Carl, you'd be great, do your own thing blah blah blah, but um, I love the team aspect. I love that you know people gravitate towards certain energies and and that's what kind of brought me to to geo obviously, you hear all the other people that you know we've been kind of brought into this you know conglomerate, you know and you can you can see that so uh with this podcast, I think we we need to kind of reach out more to to people like us to you know help build that foundation and and uh you know I'm excited you know ever since three years ago making that decision, yeah, it was hard. 163 parties I had to fulfill and, and, you know, I think 2019 was going to be our big breakout year, but, um, I think we started something together moving forward after the pandemic. And I know we'll be proud of, you know, what we did when this whole thing happened. And obviously like looking back on all those folders and all the parties that we missed out, but looking what we did together as a team, you know, I think that's, that's the exciting part. That's what's going to kind of take us to that next level, you know?
0: Wait, hold on. Your commitments was 123 parties. Yes. That was the commitment? So you're like, all
2: right, that, that sounds crazy. That's like, yeah.
0: you know what? Um, my boo's in jail. And getting out in 13 years, <laughs> yeah. but I'll be here. He so waited, he whenever waited. you're ready, <laughs> you can go. But that's that's really awesome. And, and just to think about the pivot, you know, I, I just was really enjoying speaking to both of you. Like for for one, when, when Gio's watching me, I really thought I was like, all right, yeah, this guy thinks I'm like super nuts. And he's like- Funny that you should say that everything that you like is what I like to do <laughs> every day. And that's how I felt. And then with you, it was like, oh, I never thought about that. I never thought about combining these things. I never thought about using this for this and then it gaining an advantage for that. So I think this is like a, a great marriage. But, you know, going back to you guys, just with everything now pivoting to this, um, I wanted to know just from working together, um, what do you think has been the most stickiest situation? Aside from the coronavirus, more so, what do you think is the most, if you can pinpoint one thing, I'll go back to you, Gio, what is the most stickiest situation that
1: you've ever been running Gio events and Gio studios? Um, I don't know, so many, so, so. many. Um, Like together since we started yeah. or just- Yeah. Because you guys are going to get your own individual. Well, well that that's easy. The, 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 the stickiest situation was really having to basically- create a contract or create something where we could work together without really doing anything that would hurt us legally. Mm. That was, it was like, we had to like really like, you know, finagle, finagle everything. And just kind of like go, you know, just, we did it in in now looking back, we did the right thing. Yeah. The way we handled it. We always had the idea, but it wasn't clear. Like, what what are we going to do? What are we going to do? But that was the craziest thing. After that, it was just like, he really took a load off my shoulder from, You know, just I was doing everything and I could and I I would just drive to South Jersey and meet a client and then come back here at nine o'clock and then do had so many things to do where when he came in, it kind of like gave me more, you know, it, it, it helped the company grow even more because now, you know, I have another number one MC is like having two scores. Right. So now it's like, you know, so now we have KD and then I'm like, you know, I don't know, uh stiff Seth Curry or whatever so like now we have like this main scorer guy that can be stopped so now I'm still gonna do that but now I could push more like all the things now I could play more defense which would mean, mean let me start designing more and more production and dedicate more time towards that and and really worried about all right how could I grow this how could I grow that getting more accounts because he he was taking a lot of the clients that I was using plus he brought a lot little by little like People just follow him with well, this, like four or five years later, like you said, you met one of your friends said he he did a party 10 years ago and he still remembers. Like once you do and in the bar mitzvah business, once you, you you're you doing the right thing for years, it just it just happens. Like, you know, the Jewish the Jewish culture is beautiful and so giving and, and they never forget. And that's why I feel like if I had to start my business again, I could start it right away. If if we you know if we went to Miami like our reputation, would just go there and we could start that there. You know what I mean? But I don't know. I forgot what I was saying now because I looked at my phone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, you <laughs> was, you were thinking about Miami this weekend. That's funny. Well. <laughs> yeah. Let's go back to you, Carl. What do you what do you think is the the most thickest situation thus far since you guys have been married now? And um, yeah, what's the most thickest situation that you've been in so far?
2: Uh, I mean, besides COVID, I think the transition from from legally, you know, keeping clients at bay, knowing that I'll, I'll be producing these events for them. You know, like I said, they book us two, three years in advance. So, um, not being able to, you know, I guess, be there for your clients when they're expecting you to be there. Um, you know, it's a scary thing, you know, for, for our clients in our industry to not show up or not fulfill your obligations. So, um, you know, we were thankfully successfully able to do that. Um, obviously still working together, creating that brand, um, making the company stronger, um, so I, I would say for sure that was the, the toughest transition was just coming in, um, uh, making sure that his, his team, his staff didn't feel like I was coming over to take over, you know, that we were coming to make the company stronger. So, I mean, they welcomed me with open arms. Everyone was great. You know, it was, it was comforting, you know, not that I wasn't getting that from the other company. It was just time to change time to go another route with, you know, with my future, my brand, and obviously with, uh, coming together with Geo and how, you know, helping him out and, uh, helping the team kind of grow so that was you know a beautiful thing i honestly it was it took too long but it happened at the right time yeah at the same time same i just thing with us. Yeah, yeah
0: and i just really feel like just creatively speaking just being around you guys i mean i was talking to justin i was talking to chris i was like these dudes are beasts in and of themselves like forget y'all like you talk Truth. about you talk about steph curry we got draymond over there we got clay
2: thompson it, over for there real. no seriously it's, it's like oh you know, he's that, just
1: got some all-stars over here we always say the same thing the same thing you just said yeah, just hope they hope they don't find out that they're too good and they're out.
0: <laughs> but um I'll stay with you. What is your best moment thus far in um in in this company?
2: Wow, just just the creative aspect and and I think the pandemic proved in, we there are a lot of players that weren't able to be involved just from, you know, an economic standpoint, but um just from the small team that we had, you know, the transition from being a full event production company turning out 10 to 15 parties on a weekend and to, doing the partition dividers and marketing that brand, not knowing anything about that, um, you know, starting that business and then transitioning quickly after we we started to see uh, dividers falling through and and opening up this Geo Studios and and being 110% kind of focusing on on projects and and executing it on a professional level. So um, our learning curve is quick, you know, and and we have a lot of people in-house that care and and we're able to kind of, you know, designate the right role and, and be a, a, a big, you know, collective team. So uh, I think that's the one thing that I'm super proud of is just, you know, anything that we kind of set our mind to, I know we'll be able to do on, on a high level.
0: Yeah, 100%. And like I said, you have all of the the right pieces that if you wanted to pivot another way, I'm sure that if you want to have a little takeout Seriously, spot over there, yeah, yeah, yeah. we, we could we definitely make a GO's takeout. Yeah. We'll figure that out. I'm, but I'm down for it. <laughs> Going to Gio, what, what is your best moment thus far with, uh, you know, bringing Carl into the fold and then now in the age of coronavirus with Geo Studios and events?
1: Just feeling like you have somebody that has your back and somebody that, you know, I mean, that I could rely on and just have the best, you know, to me is, yeah, sometimes some days are harder, some days are easier and sometimes i don't have to be like the guy like oh geo you know geo this we well, want to see geo Gio, get on the mic geo do this you know design this like now i have somebody else that could take a lot of weight off my shoulder and it just and i feel comfortable to do that i'm very picky and i'm very like you know like i'm annoying sometimes <laughs> i'm just like i expect so much and i from myself and other people that for me to find somebody like like Carl and and Chris and and Justin and a lot of people like that just makes me feel like if you know makes me makes me feel comfortable so like the the older that I got in I I learned to to learn I learned to accept that it's okay to feel comfortable with the team that you have yeah. but yeah also like you know wake people up at times like oh this is not happening we got to do this you got to still switch things got to right have now. that balance for yeah. sure you got to have a balance you can't always like you know be like before we we were like basically doing all these events and we're like oh so and now it's like kind of gone so now this the podcast and everything else to me is gonna it's gonna be like a new start new business hopefully we, we're we gonna do business together and work together make money together but also like you know learn to be closer and and you know i'm gonna learn a lot of things from you even in the day and a half that i know you i learned so much about you know you know, you see, you see what a, you
0: see. What a real podcast is like now. Yeah, yeah. You have you have a bigger <laughs> mic, <laughs>
1: and oh, it's green.
0: Pause, pause. Listen, I was going to get that mic, but then I was like, you see, you see how I can talk like this, and and it doesn't. It doesn't work. Work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that just was. It's it's cool, I saw I Steve Bannon do that. He was just going back and forth. I was like, I need this. I need I need that Breitbart life. But you know, I just want to give you guys a shout out to me. I consider this my home away from home now. Hopefully, we can get some you know generate some real interest with the podcast, like. Know just what? What do you guys envision for this podcast studio moving forward?
1: I just want to keep as many people as possible coming into the studio. I know, like believe it or not, that this you know this is really not going to pay the bills, but it's gonna. I'm not looking for that. We're looking to really create like this energy like we had last night, like we have now, just to have people from different different you know parts of long island different parts of um i want people that do real estate you know doctors i want insurance i want everybody to just come in here so we could talk about how we're all moving on from this thing that we never been through like you know you only hear about it a hundred years ago a hundred years ago and now we're like we're getting the second wave and it's like yeah it was true it's like they were telling us so we all knew it was coming and i guess history repeats itself it no matter how much technology we have the same thing that happened a hundred years ago is happening now. Right. Started, it went down. Everybody's partying, and now it's starting again. And now we're looking at the spring. Now we see vaccines coming up. So it's like everything takes time. Sometimes you're like, "Oh my god, I can't!" W-. I was never like, "I can't wait till this is over." This is ruining my business. No, I just thought about. It. I I looked and I've read about it, and I'm not even <laughs> a big reader, but I read about it and I started looking into like you know like movies about the pandemic and things like that. And yeah. That's exactly what happened, and if you look at it now, that's exactly what's happening. Mm. And yeah, I think by our business, I don't think it's going to be the same for like another year, year and a half. But our company's so strong, I think, and I, I, I don't think I know that once the spring hits, we're going to start, you know, working again. I'm going to have to restructure it, maybe to shrink it a little bit here and there. We might have to move. Although this place is amazing, I might have to move to just, you know, get everything right. I'm going to move somewhere close eventually, not yet, but we know it's coming. So it gives us peace of mind that we know that we have all, and our business is not everybody has that luxury. Sometimes you you have a business where you make millions of dollars, but it's like day by day, what's going to happen the next day. With our business, it's not, you know, we at least have things, we know we have certain things a year from now, two years from now. Two and a half years from now, and with with Carl being Carl, and then the guys MJ, Muna, Nori, Breezy, which are like the MCs that drive the company, and myself, we have a bright future. We have, you know, very little companies have can say that they have five MCs or five guys that that could actually do an amazing event. Usually, you have one, or like you know, Houston, James Harden, you have that guy, and then you had you know Westbrook. And then, but then you have very few people can say that they have like a really strong five, kind of like the Warriors had a few years ago. That's why we always reference the Warriors. And because, you know, sometimes you don't, before I felt like it was me, like before, you know where I was, I was like Kobe after Shaq. <laughs> like I, that's what g events was. I was like this guy that can Take score. Taking up 60 shots. That, yeah. That this guy that can score, that can play defense, that can, you know, run back, reel at the guys. And, you know, I would win like my share of games. But I was never really getting to the championship. Right, you know right, what I mean? Right, right. Like, so now I, I guess, like I'm an older Kobe. <laughs> Achilles Kobe
0: or just, just?
1: Yeah, like I'm. I guess, like you know, the competitive spirit is 24, 24 not number yeah, eight. Yeah. yeah. Like, but that's how I feel now. We have like a bright future. Like I could just see it. Like I learn to like see things happening before they happen. Mm. Like I kind of, I'm like I think about him and I see it and I look. Not I'm. Not everything, not like, you know, stocks or things like that. Just like things that I like. If I like it, I could see where it could go because I believe it. Remember how you were talking yesterday? You were talking about how your boss, like, you all know, my friends, I used to ask them, no, I can't do it for no money. And you, the the, you know, I love, what I loved about you is that you're there every day, that you did 267 podcasts in the past two years when you were talking. And then you had a few sentences after that. I didn't even know what you said. I was just doing math in my head. I was like... Yeah, I was like, days. yeah, that's
0: three a week. You Seven. don't need to do the math. Yeah, I, I, I tell days. you what I did: I did three a week.
1: Yeah. So no, but I was like, wow, and this, and then I'm, and then I'm thinking, Wow, well, we did, we've had this tweet for a month, we only have one. <laughs> and, then like, and then I'm like, I can't wait to have a meeting after this. <laughs>
2: yeah, he tore into the guys. Yeah. See, no. We
1: haven't even done three. <laughs> this guy has. You're two like, I think we got one. We, we,
0: Justin, aren't you supposed to edit that one? <laughs> <laughs> what happened to that one that we edited uh, four months ago when we first started this? But um,
1: do a little clip on the iPhone, Justin so we can post it later. Yeah, come on, Justin. <laughs> What's going on here?
0: Um, but
1: listen, guys, um, anyone
0: that doesn't know, Geo Studios, this is definitely going to be the place to be. Uh, real great ambiance, really great people, really creative. Uh, so if you want to get your st- strategy on, you know, if you want to get you know, just really good. They have sure MB, you know what I mean? M7Bs. Those are the, the top aside from the electro voice. Those are the best ones. And, you know, you might catch me over here also consulting you to try to get the best podcast that you can get. So, you know, even though we can't do a lot of the things that you're normally used to, I think we can sharpen the things that we can do. So that way, when everything is opened up, we can marry all those things. And I'm just going to let that be. And we'll keep that private because we really want to, you know, for me, I know you guys are unified, at least from from where I am. I'm not really driven by money either. I'm really driven about, like, achieving innovative, successful things, making it look swaggy, making everyone like, oh, my God, this looks fire. This sounds fire. I don't even know what this is. So, like, I already know that I feel that energy from you guys. So I thank you. I'm really looking forward to working with you guys hand in hand in the future.
2: I'll go with you, Carl. Any final words you want to say before we part ways? Oh, man, it's it's. Took a long time, but I see why why God brought you uh, back in my life. You know, I appreciate your energy. I appreciate your knowledge. I appreciate you helping uh, our brand grow and and uh, taking taking our podcast to the next level. Yeah, so. and you got a great voice. You, see how we, nice yeah, this yeah, we, guy yeah. is.
1: <laughs> how do you not I'll like him? On one point. <laughs> Let's go, I was Gio. Like, well, so I'm moving, I'm like, <laughs> what am I gonna say? <laughs> Any final words you want to say before we part ways, Gio? Um, all I have to say is that to me, things happen for a reason. But you got to get up every day and do something about it. True. Like you got to, just like you said, passion. Let's make something. When you said something swaggy, make it look dope. And that's me. Like I want to make everything look dope. Amazing. Oh, I know. I,
0: I seen that Serena
1: video. I was like, what is that? Yeah. Our camera coming December 8th? You gotta be right. got it before that? At the end of the day, you have to make money. But to me, once you do something that you're passionate about and you like, then the money will follow. Like I don't, I don't remember one day not having money since I was like seventeen. Six. I I don't remember days like me like not having money ever, ever in my life. Really, I guess never was like, oh my god, I'm so. I because I always just wanted to do something, whether it was passing out flights at a club or going dancing or try to hang out with the with the, with the the rappers or I don't know like doing a DJ company or just dancing at a company. Right. I used I done so many different things. And I, I, its hard for me to think back and be like, "Oh my God, I really had a struggle." Even when I was struggling, I was still okay. So yeah, I just, I just want to, you know, I, I love your energy. I love his energy, and I think this, this is a thing that could bring us together. We could do awesome things together. I'm gonna learn how to speak like you on the mic and be <laughs> yeah. like this. So what do you think about this, Gio? You know, like, <laughs> I'm gonna pick that up because I'm good at when I want something. You'll I get, get there. Yeah. You'll get there. You
0: you see me here a couple yeah. of times. You're like, oh, no, I see I see what he did there Oh, home, man. But Take yeah. You
1: Thank you for coming. Thank you for having us on your show. Um I'm honored to be in, you know, in the show. Like we watched one today and it's you know, this is like to me it's like a it's a cool thing. Like, we're really doing a podcast. Finally. Like, finally, all the pieces... Like a real one to, that's... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, we did real ones, but not like Not yours. one that yours you YouTube like, then bro. was like, here's
0: the tutorial one and <laughs> yeah. oh, this is how we do it. Okay.
1: But no, but it's good because, you know, you just... You feel like things come together, right. you know, like you just—I don't know how it happened that he just came in the office I was, yesterday. I tell with, you, I went for mac and
0: cheese. Crazy man. Jewish guy. He's like, oh my god, he did my—he did Barry's. Oh, uh, Barry, Charlie loves him, baby. <laughs> Charlie loves the guy. That's I was crazy. like, all right, man. If, That's and, your boy, yeah. Yeah, and and you know how it is. Like I, I was telling him about that up across. Like when you are a person of substance, and you know what other pe- people from of substance, you just know that we all melt together, and we're all willing to help each other because we know. That not necessarily you need me or I need you. It's more so. Correct. Like, why not help each other? Right. right? That what, what are we
1: doing all this for? What is the success for if there's no meaning behind it? Right. And the last thing I would say before I get up is that if it wasn't for the pandemic, we probably wouldn't be sitting here. Right. And I was uh, telling him. We would him. be so busy. You saw how I was busy this morning. <sighs> Insane. And, and sometimes I might look mean or like I'm just like focused on certain yeah. things. Yeah. You see yeah. it? You
0: got to share the link for everyone because so, Geocasters, his phone went, um, he was on the phone. He went, all right, hold on. All right, hold on, hold on. I didn't know that it can go three <laughs> ways of holding. Is that possible?
1: Sides, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, what happens, I usually hang up on the person that called first uh, and then really I really call really. him back. I'll call you back. I'll call because you Because, you know, certain calls you just got to take. But yeah, it just... N- like I said before, it's just, I learned to be more chill and to be more like just open to different things. You have to be. Yeah. I used to be more not close-minded, but like I'm doing my thing. This is what we're going to do. Yeah, I do it this but way. But now you got to gotta learn. You, you know, I'm like, no, I'm going to do it my way. Like I, I take information and I, you know, I learn every day from everybody here. I learn, you know, I learned from your son today. Like, you know, he's telling me, he's like, oh, he's talking about games and he wants to build a video game. He's like, going to build a video game over here. Like, <laughs> it's like, you know where he's going. He's Geo games. Like, like, go. Yeah. Coming up. All right, will wrap this up. Right. We got to
0: have our business meeting. I might be going to Miami. Who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, but yeah. for Geo Casas, called Jabo. giving them a uh, yes. socially distant fist bump. This is Ralph the Ref at Geo Studios. This is the rant we are signing out. Peace. 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 Shout out to Mac and Melts. Yeah, Rich needs to come on, too. Oh, Peace.
1: Thank Jeez. you. Oh, that was awesome. Good stuff. Awesome, man. That was awesome.